Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Hey, everybody, this is Dale Lukeville with the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. Welcome back to your recap and rant. I know it's been a while, there's been a lot going on behind the scenes here. Uh, I actually uh, headed out of state to uh, take a captain's course from coast guard getting my uh, six-pack license as it's called i passed Woohoo! so that's good i was a little nervous but uh i did pass now i just gotta uh fill out all the paperwork and submit it and however long it takes the coast guard to process all that stuff get it back to me i will then officially be a captain so that's kind of cool um yeah, I've been wanting to do that for a long time. So that's kind of what's been going on. Why people have reached out and they're like, hey, what's with the, where, 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 where's the podcast? It's still here. Haven't gone anywhere. Haven't quit. We're still doing it. <laughs> There's just been, been some stuff going on. So, um, you know, remind me, it was a good reminder. You know, the last day I was down there, I, I, I booked, I went out on a, a charter. Well, I didn't call it a charter. I guess like a launch, you know, kind of like the Malax launches they have up here for walleyes. So this was down in Florida on saltwater and it was it wasn't very much money was why I did it but if I, remind me never to do it again I mean I, I'm sure it's fine for people that don't like know how to fish or you know cause I'm sure it's great for that but if you kind of even moderately know what you're doing it's pretty irritating because obviously they just, you know, the, the deckhands assume you don't know what you're doing, which, I mean, they have to. I get that part. 
but we, you know, not like they were lying. Like they literally told us before we went out, like we're not gonna catch anything great. Uh, it was kind of funny because you know, well, you can't see me, but he had his hands held out like I don't know, 14 inches, and he's like, the fish we're gonna catch are gonna be anywhere from like 14. He goes to move his hands out wider, then comes right back to 14. <laughs> From here to about, oh, here. So, like, they're all going to be the same size, which I'm fine with. Like, I don't need to catch giant fish. Uh, I've I've gone off and fished a tiny trout stream knowing I'm only going to catch, you know, 10-inch trout. And I don't care. I have a blast if you have the right tackle, if you have ultralight tackle. And that's the problem. The gear they set you up with out there is just grossly over... <laughs> Uh, weight, like what you need. Like these giant, you could catch sharks on these things. Like legitimately you could catch sharks on these things. Giant, like, they're not even level wine, but giant, like, bait casting reel, um, big, thick, heavy rod. You got, like, you know, thick line, three-ounce egg sinker. It's like a knocker rig. You know, it's just a egg sinker with a single hook, and you bait it with whatever, a shrimp and, and a squid, and you're, you know, you're bottom fishing on these reefs. When they, we weren't even in that deep of water. You know, that'd be one thing. We're in like, you know, 100 plus feet of water. But we're only in like, I don't know, it was like 25, 35 feet, something like that. It wasn't even that deep. So it would have been a lot of fun had I had the right. I mean, the fish were biting. We weren't biting like crazy. But, we, you know, the boat was getting some fish. If we had had the right tackle, like size to the fish, would have been a ton of fun. And we probably would have caught a lot more because I guarantee you I missed a ton of bites just because the setup was so heavy. But, you know, did a half day of that, you know, and I kept trying to tell myself, yeah, it's better than nothing. And then at the end of the day, I was like, was it though? Was it? <laughs> Is it? I just, I don't know. At the end of it, I thought it was just a waste of money. And most everybody else on the boat had a great time. So it's like, I know it's like just me. I don't mean to come off like a fish snob or anything like that. But it's just, it's just not for me. So if I ever with any of you and I mentioned, hey, let's go, just slap me. Just remind me, like, don't do it. You're going to hate it. You know, thinking back on it, it only cost me like 120 bucks. So it wasn't that bad. But what I should have done. And I don't know why I didn't do this. I should have just went and got like a relatively cheap combo, like a $60 rod and reel combo, a couple hooks, a couple weights, maybe some spoons or whatever. I basically spend that same $120 and get just the bare basics and go out and fish off a pier or a jetty or some riprap and just catch little mangrove snappers or do whatever. I would have had a blast doing that. And then at the end of it, just pass that off to a kid on the beach or something you know like i'm not going to take this shit home and it's like i would have spent the same amount of money i had a lot more fun and i could have gifted it to somebody that would have been cool i would have felt good about that so that's what i should have done it's not what i did so whatever anyways back to minnesota uh went out fishing with joel and austin saturday morning uh we we're going for smallmouth and I don't know. I just kind of had a bad feeling about it in general. <laughs> like, I thought again, it was like, I don't care where we go. I don't care what we do. I just, I just need to get out and go fishing. And uh, it was, it was a tough bite. We didn't. I think we caught one. Joel missed a really nice largemouth, like a real nice one. That was probably five pounds. And we just really couldn't get consistent bites. And then um, did catch though a oh shit, how big was it? It was 
giant sheephead. Like, uh, it was over like 11 pounds, something or other, almost 12 pounds. Uh, just under 30 inches, 29 and a quarter inches it was. And the only reason I remember that is because I went and I looked up the Minnesota Master Angler, uh, Angler Program, and it's 30 inches. <laughs> I missed it. I, and it's 14 pounds, but, like, I missed it by three-quarters of an inch. <sighs> I mean, that's all. That's by far my PB sheephead. I mean, you know, not that I target them that often, but, like, that that – that was a giant. They put on a good fight on me and tackle. Like, it put up a real good fight. And then later, Joel ends up catching, like, an 11-pound, just over 11-pound channel cat on a chatterbait. I thought for sure it was a muskie. Um, but it was, when it finally got it up, it was a it was a big channel. So that was a ton of fun. Um, but it was kind of a, like, that was kind of a mixed bag day. We had, like, there was a little walleye that chased Joel's bait up one time, and but getting that target species was uh, difficult for us. But And we didn't fish that long either. I think we only fished like four hours. We called it a day because they had a, a bow fishing tournament that night out in western Minnesota. So I'm sure they wanted to get prepared for that or go take a nap. I know I wanted to go take a nap because it, I was planning on going uh, catfishing Saturday night, which I did. I reached out to uh, Cody Malikowski. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, it's... Uh, I didn't have him on the podcast, but he won a trip, a um, guide trip with me through this um, uh, Facebook contest where they have like these weekly contests and each week is a different fish. And last year, and then he won that week and I donated a, you know, a, a day out um, guiding. And so we actually took that time, we went bass fishing a little bit. Then what he really wanted to do is try to get some big bluegill and because uh, that was the fish of that week, so he was trying to win that. So we, we kind of targeted them, and I think, I think I remember he said that he got it. It wasn't really that big. Of, we, we didn't find any giants, I didn't think, but he did get one that was over nine. And I think he said that was enough to win that week. So, uh, but coming up this week, um, you can get the story from him because I brought the uh, recording equipment out and we podcasted while fishing for catfish. And uh, so that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, didn't we had some bites? Didn't hook up, um, but it was great. It was a great night. The weather was absolutely gorgeous, and uh, man, I enjoyed it. So we went and caught like some little because we were fishing in Wisconsin, and Wisconsin you can use sunfish for bait. And so we went before we headed out, and we we caught some uh, little sunfish, and uh, that was I don't know, that's just a lot of fun. You know, I had my my uh, custom rod from. Kishler Customs, I just, you've all heard me say, I just love using that thing. And I do. It's just so much fun. And I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier, but I really need to take that rod trout fishing. I bet that rod would be so much fun trout fishing. Because even those little tiny uh, bluegills and green sunfish I was catching were just so much fun on that. You just feel everything. This is like the antithesis of the rod that I was using on that big launch. Like, you feel every wiggle that fish's fins and you can cast light lures cast light lures easy for you to say uh it's just such a fun rod to use so worth every penny i spent on it like it literally is my favorite rod to boat so i mean catching the bait to go fishing was just as fun as the fishing itself which i know i'm kind of weird that way but i do that you know my brother mocks me the same thing when i go down to 
um, Charleston, I love throwing the cast net just to go get bait. Like I don't know what it, I don't know what it is about it. I just I I like the whole process of it and uh, getting the bait and then using that bait to go fishing. And I don't know, maybe it fits into my whole psyche of being self-sufficient. You know, like growing a garden or harvesting your own food or foraging your own food or whatever. Like there's it's like. The, I love the whole process with the cast net though. It's it that, I mean, that is part of it, but it's also just fun to like, you just don't know what you're going to get. There's all these different kinds of bait fish and was it a good enough throw? Did I get anything? Like, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of fun. If you haven't done it, you should see if you can go check it out. It takes, it takes a little bit of skill, but like in, in South Carolina, we don't throw those giant 20 footers. Cause there's just so many oyster beds and stuff. You would just like, that net would be destroyed. There's just no way. But they had we had a big one down when we took the boat down to the Keys, and that was throwing up that there there there's definitely some skill in in throwing that big net and getting that thing to pancake out. And um, I did it really well one time when we were in the Keys, and I was by myself, and that thing opened up, and I'm like oh, I had so many so much bait, I couldn't get them in the, like most of them died because I just couldn't get them in, there, there was too many of them, I couldn't get them in the bait well fast enough, I needed more people with nets and just scooping and doing whatever, but I definitely had enough bait to use for the rest of the day, that was like, again, just as much fun as the fishing itself, I don't know, just, I just love that shit, so that's, that's, and then Sunday, it pretty much rained all day, which actually there were some breaks, it wouldn't have been that bad, I almost went, and maybe I'll do that this weekend, but I've kind of, it's been a long, long time since I did any wading, like wade fishing, like get in the river and jump in. And a couple things, water levels are really low right now in this state. So that's usually really makes river fishing really good because it concentrates the fish in the deeper runs and the deeper holes and, and competition for food is fierce and makes them bite readily. And the water temperatures are like crazy warm right now, so it would just be super comfortable to to go wade them. So I I, I I might just I might just do that. Although what I really should do is dump the boat in down on the river in the Mississippi Pool Four, where we got a club tournament coming up, and that's going to be the state championship water. So I have like no experience down there, so I probably should go do that. So, hmm. I guess you'll just have to tune in next week weekend recap and rant to see what what I actually did. Or you can follow me on any social media. I put I'm putting more and more stuff on Snapchat. It's just so easy. It's kind of like set up and forget it, you know. But I'm kind of like neglecting Facebook and Instagram when I need to get I need to get better at putting that content out there too. You probably should be putting stuff on TikTok, but oh, it's so much Anyways, there's your recap. For my rant, here in Minnesota, they, uh, so we had been, if you've been following along, Minnesota had a bunch of proposed regulation changes for the waterfall season, and they had a big survey for everybody to fill out, and they had these, like, uh, town hall forums online and, you know, stuff like that. And some of the stuff that they're proposing was in early teal season. Increased bag limit for Canada geese, you know, restructuring the, like, zones, and um, there was a lot of stuff in there. So we finally got the the results. Like, they they announced, like, the changes they were going to do. 
and I'm just a little flabbergasted. I we're only like the we're getting an early teal season. I think it's only like five days long or something. Um, and it doesn't open September first. It's kind of coinciding with the early goose season, so that's like a problem. I don't, I don't even think a lot of people are gonna do it. I think most people are gonna hunt geese instead of teal or they'll try to do a combination they'll maybe they'll hunt water where they can shoot teal and geese um so that's that one was kind of weird they did change to five geese all season long and part of that i just read today which kind of interesting is that it's any five any combination of canada geese uh white front and brant which Brand in Minnesota is super rare. The fact that they even have a limit of any sort is is kind of comical because in all my life, I think I've heard of one hunting group shooting into some brands. Like they're these are west and east coast birds. These are seabirds. Like they don't. It's not like they're migrating from Alaska over to the Atlantic. Like. I'm not even quite sure how Brants get that lost to be flying in the middle of the country, but I guess it does happen from time to time. But with that said, it just seems silly that there's even a limit of any kind because it's so rare. Like, it's not going to... Whatever you shoot is not going to have any bearing on the overall population of Brant. It's almost like, listen, there should just be like no limit on Brants. Because it's just never going to be an issue. But let's just say, somehow, gods were smiling on you, and you had a day where you were covered up in brants in Minnesota. Well, you should be able to kill every single one of them. Like again, like I said, it never happens, and you're not going to do anything to the population. So it's like, might as well take advantage of it. Like this is never going to happen again. But five, five a day per hunter. It's probably going to cover that. I mean, again, if we're going off that, like, extreme case, let's say a 15-rack of Brants rolls in and you got five to seven guys out in the field. You know, that's you can shoot 25 to 35 birds. I think it would be all right. Then that's, I mean, obviously you don't, you can only still have three shells in your gun, so whatever that full limit would be. Or, you know, let's just say you had five guys, they everybody hit a bird on their each one of their shots. So each person shoots, you know, just they're just shooting like crazy, and they all shoot three birds. Well, that's you know five guys, three birds piece, pretty easy math. Um, you'd be fine, <laughs> well under the limit. So uh, that's not gonna happen. So I just I don't know, I just saw that interesting that they grouped in the uh, white fronts and the brants, which the white fronts are. Even they're pretty rare in Minnesota. I mean, it seems like the last couple of years I've been hearing more more sightings of them, but not many people actually shooting them. But they seem to be here and gone, like in a matter of a day or two. So you might get lucky. Uh, you have a way better chance of getting lucky and shooting specs than you do brands. That is for damn sure. So that was one change. That was one I'm happy about. That one's pretty sweet. They opened it, I think, statewide hunting over water, which there was just a couple zones where you couldn't do that. They, the part that I'm going to rant about is the zones. So we have the south zone, central zone, and the north zone. 
the north zone opens up, stays open for the full 60 days allowed by the federal framework. That's it. Then it closes. The central has a split. And it's usually been like a weekend. You know, you're down and then or the midweek. Actually, not the weekend. It's it's midweek, so five days. And so then they tack that five days on at the end. And the south zone had that five days and a weekend. So, that, again, it pushes it into December. So if you're willing to travel a little bit, it really kind of extends your duck season out. So it's kind of, I like it. When this whole survey and stuff was going on, a ton of people were bitching that they didn't like that the split was too long in the south and this it was it's shut down when the divers are showing up this that and the other thing and then you always have the people that bitch that when the season closes too early that that you know all the northern the canada birds aren't even down here yet and so what the dnr did the change that they made was now the split is going to be the same for the central and the south zone with just that five days midweek closer closure. So now we're done November twenty eighth. You have solved nothing. So and my my bitch is not at the DNR. In fact, from this moment on, when Goose and Duck Hunter start bitching to me about the DNR for blaming them for their woes and the DNR to do nothing right and they can't do this, can't do that, they literally did everything in their power to get your input put all that stuff together. If you did not take part in this survey and you don't like how it turned out, I don't give a shit what your opinion is on it because you had every opportunity to voice your opinion. And surprisingly, one of the things I kept hearing was they didn't like that long of a split. They didn't like that long of a split. Well, guess what, guys? Now we are done duck hunting November 28th. And if we get an early winter... We're not. You're not even gonna get your full sixty days. It just. I mean, as you hunt the river, maybe you can find a river spot that's that's holding some ducks in open water. But for the most part, I just don't understand why you wouldn't want to keep the structure as it was. If not, have even a bigger closure, or maybe start the south zone even later. Let go into. I mean, the 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 thing about Minnesota for those that aren't from this state. We're a really tall state, and because we're on the northern edge of America, the climate is, like, vastly different in northern Minnesota than it is in the southern part of the state. And you can get a really early freeze in the north. So that's why they don't have a split up north, because even as it stands now, you generally don't. The last week of... The duck season in the north zone, is, you know, shit starts locking up. But stuff might not freeze in southern Minnesota till mid-December. You know, it's just like the temperature is that much more mild just a couple hundred miles away. So the drastic change from north to south in, in the weather patterns. So why you wouldn't want to extend your end date as far out as you possibly could, I just don't understand. You run a little bit of a risk if you get an early winter that you might trim off some days on the end. But like I just said, this happens to the people in the north anyways. There's nothing they can do about it. They get their 60 days, there's no split, there's no whatever. They're just at the mercy at the mercy of weather. You don't, 
really have that issue in the south zone. So I just don't understand why you guys weren't happy with that split. I get it. It sucks. I mean, I get that, you know, there's seven days or whatever it is that you can't hunt in the middle part of the the season. But if, if, you, if you think that week is that good that you want to get that back, well, then lobby for a later start. I mean, I don't know. I just... I, you, over, you shorten the overall duck hunting opportunities statewide by making this change because now it closes down early. I just know. Mark my words. Wait till fall. Wait till November when the season closes and all the northern mallards show up. Five days later, everybody is going to bitch about the season being closed. And they did it to themselves. So I'm not going to have any sympathy now, with that said, I know there's people that are like-minded like me that didn't agree with it, but these are the changes. It is what it is. Um, but the next time the DNR asks for input, please fill out the survey. Please, 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 please. We have, and it's it's really sad when you look at the numbers. I should talk to Nick. We should cover this on the Waterfall Wednesday because Minnesota has, I pretty sure more duck hunters per capita than any other state in the nation we might even just have more like total numbers like it's we have a lot of duck hunters in this state and the amount of surveys the dnr got back is laughable in comparison to the number of actual duck hunters and there's no excuse you know tell me everybody didn't didn't get the email didn't get a Facebook notification, didn't have people sharing it, didn't have people talking about it, didn't have podcasts talking about it, radio programs talking about it, in print, everything. Like, I don't know what rock you had to be living under to not know of this survey. And if you're a diehard waterfowler, you there's 100% you heard about it. And if you didn't take the survey, that's on you. You don't get to blame the DNR. So when somebody's starts bitching this fall, and they start blaming the DNR. Oh, the DNR is so stupid. I don't know why they're doing this. They didn't do it. The DNR didn't do it. You did it. You either did it because you're bitching about something and the squeaky wheel got the grease, or they did it because they didn't hear from you. And maybe there's more people that don't agree with that, the split as it is now. Maybe there's more people that actually wanted that later closure but didn't take the goddamn survey, so there's their voice wasn't weighed. It's just like voting, people. If you don't vote, you can't bitch, and that's just how it is. <sighs> Frustrating. But the good news is, uh, well, I guess it depends on who you, who you ask, but as far as duck hunters and goose hunters go, the days are going to start getting shorter again. Summer is officially starting uh, here in the next couple days. And so, I mean, shit, just like that, we are tail end of June. We'll be in July before you know it. July, August, boom, two months. September hunting season, baby. Let's go. <laughs> and it's been a hot one already, so I'm ready. Uh, there you go. There's your weekend recap rant. We are back. We should have a waterfall Wednesday this week. I got a main episode 
the fishing and podcasting episode with Cody Malakowski. So stay tuned for that. Ladies and gentlemen, Full Scale Outdoors podcast is back on track. I appreciate everybody who reached out and your concerns. That lets me know that you're listening and you want it to continue on. And that is definitely uh, my plan is to keep this thing rolling for uh, for a long, long time. So appreciate everybody. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe. And if you haven't done this in a long time, even if you already did it, you know, way back when, when I was begging you, begging you, begging you, and you haven't done it in a long time, where you can, depending on what podcast app you're listening to, rate it, review it. Go ahead, throw me five stars. I'd appreciate it. Leave a review. And, uh, yeah, let's just keep bumping this up and getting more and more, um, you know, traffic. The more traffic I get, the more and better guests I get. And that's uh, be proactive and build this thing together. So appreciate each and every one of you for listening. That's all I got. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale.